All right, Josue, you wanted an episode about the Psychor. Well, you got it. I figured it was called Mind War. What, what else could it be about? <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. I didn't think about it that way, but I, I had forgotten about this episode completely. So welcome <laughs> to Conspiracy of Light. Uh, Josue and I are going to talk about Mind War today, which is the sixth episode in the first season of Babylon 5. And uh, this one's a doozy. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the word to use, right? It's a doozy. <laughs> so, so I just want to get one thing out of the way. When yes. Bester shows up at the beginning, okay? Yes. I was like, I know this person. Where do I know him from? Oh, yeah. That's Davy <laughs> Jones from the Monkees. No! I know. I know. I know. You, you but didn't. that's where my brain went, okay? <laughs> that's where my mind went. And then and then I looked it up. They, they do look similar. Not only do they look similar, okay? But then I looked this up, and apparently on the original series... They they actually tried to make Chekhov look more like Davy Jones, like that they actually tried to have the same hair color and same hairstyle because they look so much alike. Wow, I had no idea about that. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, the, so he carried so I'm not that wrong forward. Here. I'm not wrong. I'm not the only years. person who thinks like this. Yeah. You know, I, I could see an episode of the monkeys that were the monkeys on the Enterprise. That would be fantastic. I know. I, know. I would love that. I know. I don't know what this says about me. And, I'm not that old. I don't know why. That's where my brain went. Um, but yeah, Bester is... Peter is, would be Spar- Spock. <laughs> <laughs> but Bester is played by Walter Koenig, who, who, who plays yes. Chekhov in uh, Star Trek. Whew. All right, and just a much that. different role for for Walter in this uh, in Babylon Five. Yeah, yeah, seriously, very menacing. Yes, uh, the character of Bester is is just one of my favorite characters in Babylon Five lore. Hmm. So Bester is he's a psychop. Yeah, we never he heard comes that before. To the station, right? He comes to the station because he's chasing a rogue telepath. A gentleman named Jason Ironheart. Jason has been running from them for some time and appears to be having some challenges with his abilities. So much so that he has to do that whole thing. Like when anytime in TV when someone gets has a, a some kind of psychic energy thing going on, they hold their temples of their their head mm-hmm. and close their eyes really tight. I don't and know any a- telekinetics. I don't know any psychics, but I don't. I don't think I've ever gone and seen someone who claimed to be a psychic and saw them put their hands on their temples. <laughs> he also did the the thing you do in a sci-fi show when you're in space, uh, and the room is shaking, and you shake, and then the cameraman shakes the camera, <laughs> and then the viewer thinks that the space station is shaking or the spaceship. Yes, yes. <laughs> he did that too. <laughs> Good camera tricks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, whatever was happening to him, it seemed to affect everything around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a mind quake. They called it later. Mind quake. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, that so, whole thing about about uh, about Lionheart and the in the experimentation and everything that happened to him. That was. I really, I really love this episode because every time we talk about Psychor, like I have a lot of questions about what's going on. And man, Psychor is like worse and worse the more we hear about it. They're terrible. Yes, they, they are terrible human <laughs> beings. Someone has to watch the, the people, Josue. They have to make sure they're not doing anything they shouldn't do. But who watches the Watchmen? I love that. Yep. yep I love that, that from Ivanova. That is so perfect. <laughs> Straczynski said that was uh, from a, an ancient uh, line, who guards the guards. Hmm. But still, hmm. who watches the Watchmen is perfect because obviously we're Watchmen fans. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a really good line, who watches the Watchmen. You're always going to have to have somebody who's going to top. Like, it's, it's going to be turtles all the way up, right? Because <laughs> there's always going to have to be somebody watching the person who's watching the person who's watching. <laughs> oh, so actually, I'm, I'm curious. Um, at the end... When Lionheart becomes, that felt like a Dr. Manhattan moment. You know, it's like he was, like, that felt very Watchmen to me. You know, that's true. Yeah. 
I wonder uh, if the, the two that, are connected. That's true. Like, the fact that she said that and the fact that this character was kind of like, you know, could feel and control everything and was so powerful that he had to leave because, you know, he had to figure things out. If it was, there was never any mention of it in uh, Straczynski's notes, but gotcha. it, it, you're right. I, I, I just realized that it, when you said it, it's, it's very similar. Yeah. Um, yes, he becomes one with the space. Yeah. I like that. Like I'm, I'm becoming, I have become. <laughs> yes. <And> then, so <laughs> he's like, Commander, I will see you in one million years. <laughs> what? Yeah, that was cryptic. What? What does that mean? So all I thought, like, so, so, I mean, I think the best, uh, like the best moment for me in the whole episode is actually the, the part where Jakar is like, you know, like, I'm not what I seem. Delenn is not what she seems. You know, even the commander isn't who he seems, you know, nobody on this space station is, is who they seem to be. And like, that's number one. So then when at the end he's like, I'll see you in a million years. I'm like, what's up with Sinclair? Like, who is Sinclair? Like, is he like I'm, I'm probably reading it into it too much but but that's where my mind went yeah I a million years that's I got nothing for you just to say that they, they try to pepper things with this kind of sense of mystery all the time yeah and leave you hanging on these moments yeah like there's a lot of things in this episode that just aren't explained whatsoever yeah, yeah. They're just stated. They just, you know, they just pop them out there, throw them on the table, and then, like, you deal with it. I'm not going to give you any answers. Yeah. And, I mean, at the beginning of, of you know, the, our, our season of the podcast, I started talking about how, you know, mystery is the word that keeps coming up for me. And, you know, like, Jakar talks about mystery. You know, there's just some things, you know, we we don't know. That's it. Yeah, that, that's actually one of my favorite Jakar speeches is that whole, uh, what what is this thing, an ant, they they know of us like we know of this or like this ant knows of us you know yeah uh it, it's just a great line and the the whole idea that there there are powers that are greater than us and they walk near sigma 957 and they must walk there alone <laughs> i i love love that comparison so much in the way he explains it because when we see that creature it really is like it it is not phased at all by catherine being there and he, like the way Jakar explained it is, is like, I, I don't know, I, I guess I hadn't, I don't usually think about that stuff in, in a, in a show like this. Cause I mean, that thing was literally gigantic, but it was also like teleporting through space, right? It was, it was doing things that, again, we don't, we don't understand. We don't understand what it is. And like, we don't, we don't really have that frame of reference, not with like a physical being, you know, like maybe, right. maybe people talk about that in terms of, you know, energy and gods and things like that. But this was, again, when we think about aliens, right, usually we think about humanoids and we meet them, you know, and they're the same size as us and we can communicate. But like, no, it's like mm -hmm. it's so beyond us. Like we are like ants to them. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. It created its own jump point, its own jump gate, which, yeah. you know, they talked about early on in the episode. It takes this this special uh, uh, material to make a jump gate, yeah. um, and it, it takes a while to create a jump gate. And uh, even doing some research on the episode, I've learned that jump gates only go between two places. They're like a tunnel. They're not like you can just t go from one jump gate to another jump gate if it's not already a connected jump gate. So that was mm. interesting news for me. But uh, these guys, whoever they are, they made their own jump gate, and then they didn't even notice her. Yeah. Like, she was just not even on their radar, yeah. but they sucked all the power out of her ship. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Jakar was so cool this episode. <laughs> Jakar gets better and better with every episode. Yes. Oh, man. And uh, there was a comment about how Catherine said that on Earth jump gate production was behind by six months or something like that because they, they were lacking that particular material. So, so yeah. that's interesting too. It, and it reminds me of another uh, sci-fi show I'm watching uh, now and, and this idea that we're just like creating gates all over the place because, you know, where else can we go? It's, I, I would love to, to learn more about that, that uh, aspect of the exploration phase of, of humanity. Yeah. Like how far are we going and are we making those jump gates – in are we coordinating with other aliens are we 
are we is it just our own thing are we charging its whole <laughs> so it's it's quantum 40 is the uh materials i guess okay. that they actually found on or they will they think they were going to find on sigma 957 yeah. um and catherine goes out there to launch her probe which i guess is the f- like I was trying to read, like, what are the steps in the process here? And so the first one is we find the planet. Then we come back and uh, we send a scout ship out in order to send a probe. And then if the probe finds something, then we go out there and we start building jump gates. Or something to that effect. Or I guess they'd already built the jump gate at this point. Well, there was a jump gate that went directly there, apparently. Yeah, so they had already built the jump gate. So they they go, they see the planet, they build the jump gate, and then they say, okay, later on we're going to send somebody else out to go and do the, the dirty work of of checking out the planet and trying to find out all the details. So, okay. So I think when she got out of the jump gate, right? When she was going to use the jump gate, she said, I'm going to Sigma nine, five, seven. Right. And then right. Uh, the computer was like, okay. And then she, it opened up. And then when she came out the other side, it said like two hours to, to reach the planet. So it wasn't like right there, but I don't know if it's like a whole other system, you know, and I don't understand how, like, what the how the Narn are protecting it? Like, if, is it Narn space? Is that why we need their authorization? That's a that's a definite question that wasn't answered. Uh, they didn't talk about the Narn, like the connection between the Narns and Signal Nine Five Seven at all. Yeah. And I don't actually have an answer for that. Uh, just that I know Jakar. I guess they had gone there. And taking a look around and decided, oh, wait, this is a really dangerous place. They've probably had a similar experience because he knew yeah. of this thing that is greater than everything. Yeah, yeah the Narn know for sure. Which both comforts and scares him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I love that line, too. It was like, it scares me and it comforts me that there are still um, like mysteries. Still mysteries. Yeah, oh, man. Or wonders in the universe. I don't yeah. know, something like that. It was, oh, it was great. I need I need a supercut of Carmona uh, J- <laughs> <Jakar. Yeah. laughs> It exists out there, I, I promise you. But you'll you'll get too much detail by going into it now. You'll have to wait until you get through the. I series. want it episode by episode. I want this this particular <laughs> episode. <laughs> you could probably find the individual piece for that because there there are some really great Jakar lines in this. Even though his his role is like only just to come in and create the mystery for a moment and then go away. <laughs> He just lights the fuse and walks away kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, Catherine gets saved by the by the Narns, and, and thank God for that, and she's very happy to see Jakar when, when she gets back, and that's when he gives her this speech. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing we learn about is we learn a lot more about uh, those people in the Psychor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, we do. So the Psychops are a brand new thing, right? They're the ones, like you said, they, they're the ones who watch the people. Um, yeah and like if anybody gets out of line because they're so powerful man they're so cocky they're just like walking in there telepathically speaking to people oh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh not only that but they they appear to have carte blanche over setting rules because they can make sure that somebody follows the rules but they themselves don't have to follow the rules yeah yep they just have to do what they have to do in order to get the job done that they want to get done, basically. Yeah. There are less rules for them. So now we know that a P5 is a it's a commercial telepath level. This is the person who can easily detect uh, su- surface thoughts. Uh, they can do a little deeper probing, but it's a lot, di- a lot more difficult. Then you got a P10. And this is, they can observe the inter- the mental actions of other telepaths. They can block some scans or cut through some blocks. Um, they can perform long-range scans. And then finally, P12, which is the level of the Psychops, uh, which is they can communicate smoothly via with, with normals via telepathy. And uh, two Psychops can apparently invasively probe a P5 level psionic, which is... We see that happening with with Talia when they're kind of circling her and doing this weird mm-hmm. kind of. And Talia. Then you get all the hand gestures that go along with this too. And Talia holds her her temples. Yep, the whole thing. Yep. <laughs> so, um, holding of the temples. We, I mean, by by Lionheart's uh, explanation, we know that technically that P scale is infinite. Right, based on him, 
but we don't know. It certainly seems to yeah, be. Yeah, but we don't, like, th- there's no mention of a classification above P12, like a, an actual measured classification, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I would guess Ironheart has to be above Oh, yeah, that. Like he <laughs> is, right? Like, that, that's what's implied. But I, I don't know. There wasn't any mention from Sidecore that, like, you know, we're P12s, but our supervisors are PF. Our team leads are P14s, and our supervisors are P15s, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The president of Psychor yeah, is uh, P20. I don't know. Uh, is And then, uh, so, another thing that, that Lionheart said was that one in, do you have these stats? That one in 10,000, no, one? It's 0.01% of them have telekinesis. Of the telepaths. 0.1% of human beings have some level of telepathic ability. Gotcha. And 001 have telekinesis. Gotcha. Half of whom are clinically insane. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. He said like one in ten thousand, and then one in ten thousand of those. I think that those are the numbers he said. Yeah. 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 And then he gave he gave so, the power of telekinesis to to Tali at the end. He's just yes. Somehow he gave her just that little gift. He went all Doctor Manhattan on us and just started handing out superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know what Talia is? Uh, what what rating she is? She's a P five. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she was. So she's a commercial telepath. She was. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what's that, what it is now? Because he gave her this gift, and now she can move the penny a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's more than you can um, move it. It's Don't more be than so I condescending. Can. Yeah, I, I've never. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met anybody who could do that. I've met lots of illusionists, but I haven't met anybody be able to move a penny with their mind. <laughs> Which. Can I just say, you know, the the whole movement with the mind thing, I, I've always kind of uh, seen this in kind of a um, a more critical light because it's like, okay, yeah, you're doing that, but it's no different than putting your hand over there and moving it. You're just moving it with your mind. And it's not that I can do that. It's just like there's still an amount of work that takes place. There's still the, – the good thing about it is it shows us that there is maybe the possibility of extending ourselves beyond our physical body. But beyond that – I can turn the channel or I can turn the channel. <laughs> I don't know why you're so jaded about telekinesis, but, uh, you know, your arm can only reach so far. And True. You know. But if it was a longer arm, it would be reach. I mean, you know, it's... it's uh-huh. uh, yes, that is true. <laughs> but I did like I did like Lionheart's explanation where he said that, um, like, he he now had so much control over it that he could basically sense an artery and just pinch it with his mind, you know? Right. And 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 this is the problem he had with the psych, the, the psychops or the psychor mm-hmm. was that they were planning on using this ability as a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. So my my understanding is that everything that Lionheart said is true because he basically he was able to see the truth. Like he saw the universe. He saw things for what they were, right? There were no hidden truths for him. Um, and the only ones he, he decided to share with us were related to Psychor. Now that I think about it, he could have told us so many things about the universe, and all he told us is right. uh, what, what bad people Psychor are. But, um, yeah, so so apparently it was the idea was, no, we, you know, we're just going to make stronger telepaths because and, – and that explanation was really cool. It was like how, hey, this is – it's like an arms race, you know, like – Whoever has the most powerful empath can can or, or um, uh, telepath, telepath can wins because we can block each other and like. But then he's like at another level, you know. Psychor is manipulating the government and the economy. Like they're taking control. Yeah, they don't answer to the government anymore. Yeah. Is what he was yeah. saying. Ooh, that's interesting. That's a lot of information about a place that I'm, I'm starting to think we'll never see on this show. <laughs> what the earth yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it's uh there's no telling what's going on at earth on earth at this point because the 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 information we're getting is just this crazy stuff and i know i'm jumping around all over the place but i was super excited about this episode including the beginning because i remember last week we talked about how oh i like i don't even rem- i don't what is babylon 5 and then this time i i really <laughs> paid attention to the intro and the intro gives a pretty good explanation for what it is, yeah, and and I was like, huh, why didn't I? Is this new? Like, did I not realize that this was the introduction <laughs> before? Um, I I don't know why why I thought that. Actually, I have it right here. Let me read it. 
Sure. It was the dawn of the third age of mankind. <laughs> the page is loading. <laughs> yes, I really paid attention this time. And I was like, you know, like, is this, <laughs> had, I, had I not heard this before? So uh, it goes, you know, it was the thaw, it was a, it was the dawn of the third age of mankind, 10 years after the Earth Minbari War. The Babylon Project was a dream given form, its goal to prevent another war by creating a place where humans and aliens could work out their differences peacefully. It's a port of call, home away from home for diplomats, hustlers, entrepreneurs, and wanderers. <laughs> <laughs> So like that that's a pretty good explanation. I guess it still doesn't exactly yeah. say what it is, but it it like I I have a better idea than I did last week. I don't I don't know why I never really paid that much attention to the to the intro. I feel like I don't know. I feel better about what Babylon is. That's why I'm saying I don't <laughs> I, I'm not sure that we'll ever see Earth. Like we we technically saw another planet today, which is I think this was the first yeah, time. Yeah, we did see Sigma 957. Yeah. I think yeah. This is the first time I've ever seen another planet on the show, right? I think I believe so. I, yeah. I, I, well, I think so. I think so. We've we've seen Ragesh three, which was the the place where Karn Malari was working, um, and the Narn came and and took it over basically. So we didn't see a planet. We saw another uh, another station. We didn't actually. See, we saw a video of it. We didn't, we didn't actually go there. I don't think we saw it. Oh, that's true. We didn't yeah. go there. Yeah, because yeah. it was a video. Of, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. And the station is also opening up. This time we saw a monorail. We never saw the monorail before. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That was the way that they could get away from the, the they could get some distance from Bester and his his uh I don't know what her I name her was. Name. Yeah. That's pretty terrible. We, we we saw her, she was a nasty woman, we saw her disappear, and now we just don't even care enough to know her name. Uh, well, Kelsey. In my defense, she was not Kelsey. on Star Trek the original series or the monkeys. So <laughs> I did not look up who she was. <laughs> Sorry. She was one of the groupies. <laughs> um actually she's too young for that. Um she was a very young actress, uh, whereas Bester, obviously, he's been around for a bit and Walter Koenig, I mean. So uh we see that uh when it's needed, Commander Sinclair can really heft some weight around and even control, to a, to a limited point, even control the Psychops. Or Bester, at least. He bested Bester. He bested at, Bester. He punched them in the face. This is true. Um, yeah. He, but, but what else do you mean? Like, in what other way? Well, he, you know, he basically told Bester what he was going to say when he left the station about oh, what happened to that's Ironheart. True, that's true. That's true. Is it Ironheart? It's like or otherwise, Lionheart? I'm going to. Is... Uh, Ironheart, I oh. think. Yeah, it's Jason Ironheart. Oh, I kept calling him Lionheart. Oops. He's not Richard. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's fine. Um, yeah. So he he you know he can easily blackmail. I, I, there's almost a sense of respect from Bester as he does this because he's like, "Oh, you play hardball." Yeah. Oh, I. I'll remember I this. I did like that part at the end where he's like, then "Nobody's gonna believe me when I tell them what just happened," <laughs> <laughs> which which implies that they had no idea what Ironheart was or was capable of. They really didn't know. How could they? I guess, and nobody ever, nobody's ever reached that level. And nobody will for a while because he killed the researcher. He killed the guy who yeah, did it, yeah. yeah. He had 15 injections a day. I was just trying to imagine. 15 injections a day to get this telekinetic power to uh, to grow to the extent that it grew. Yeah. So, so how do you feel? Like, I feel like the way he described the, the power, right? I liked it. He said, um, it's like my brain was a, a, a seed, that has finally bloomed. It's almost like he connected to everything, right? To the collective unconscious, to to to, yeah. to matter. I don't know. Like he 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 became one with the universe, right? It was like there was no distinction um, as he was becoming. He was coming, you know, getting closer and closer to to that idea. How did how did you see it? Well, you know, I. I 
you're bringing this up and I have to ask myself the question. So as you get more and more connected to the universe as a whole, we're, we're already assuming a metaphysics that we don't necessarily have yet. Um, but as you do that, it would seem like you're automatically going to plug into that universal consciousness and realize that this is not the point that we want to, you know, like it almost feels like if you come to that level of development at which everything becomes just energy around you, the notion of doing something evil goes away completely. And this is kind of a Q thing, right? Because Q doesn't really care about human beings whatsoever. And Q could just, you know, snap his fingers and we'd be gone. No big deal. I I, I get the, I, I feel like, you know, this is my transpersonal psychology background coming out right now, but I feel like as you go up the echelon of spiritual engagement, you get plugged in more and more into the universe as it is, whatever it might be, and your sense of self, the sense that needs these things, that needs change, that needs to do all these things, has, has spread to a farther point. So you think it was inevitable that anyone who reached that level of becoming would not be evil then like he he was concerned that this power would get into the wrong hands but that anybody else who reached that level would just like good and bad wouldn't matter i guess so it would be that seems likely hmm. i mean i guess you have your own designs and ideas once you reach that level but it seems like it would be on i mean we talk about we talk, we try to talk about God from from our earthing standpoint, from our, our you know, our history and from our own experiences and we talk about it as being ineffable. We can't possibly imagine what it is like, you know, and a lot of people walk around saying, Well, since we can't imagine what it is like, whatever he does, whatever she does, it must be the will of God because it's done and it's okay because the the higher power did it. So if the higher power did it, it's all fine. So maybe at that point it's just our little morals no longer matter, but probably also our little values no longer matter. So psychor, not psychor, psychop, not psychop. It's no longer about the needs of us as a people at that point because you graduate to something bigger, maybe. I may be just yeah. babbling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, this is this is the conversation I wanted to have. Uh yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm. I, I, just, I wanted to get your your perspective on that. Yeah, because I was, I was curious what you thought would happen. You know, when you when you get to that point, or or how would you you would describe that point? Like what what was happening? Because there is really no explanation other than uh, Ironheart's attempt at putting it into words for us, and right, even he's having trouble. Right, he knows that he and he knows that it's still happening and that it's going to you know, morph into something else. Can you imagine what uh, the the computer graphics team for the for the show was, was, was given? <laughs> it's like create a blinding light and then a ineffable an ineffable ineffable <laughs> figure that has like form but doesn't have form and is like you can tell it's like a, a human torso and head, but maybe you can't and then put some shiny lights around like uh, man that must have been really hard to design <laughs> yeah i can't imagine because uh, once you get to a certain level it's like we can no longer sort of imagine what it would really be like so we have to come up with our limited view yeah. of it and the limited technology at the time sure yeah yeah i think they did a pretty good job because it looked it looked otherworldly it looked undefined and it looked mm-hmm. I don't know. It looked, it, it looked impressive. Let's put it that way. Yeah, the two big mysteries both looked impressive. The the ship over Cigna nine five seven that seemed to just dwarf. Yeah. Uh, Sakai's ship. Oh, you thought it was a ship? It's called the Sky Dancer, by you the way. It was a ship. I don't. I don't actually know, yeah. but it, it seemed like a ship. It's called to the me. what you said? Uh, the Sakai's oh, ship. Sakai's, Sakai's ship. Okay. ship is called the Sky gotcha. Dancer. Gotcha. In fact, sometimes she's called Sky Dancer. I, I've, I, I think I've seen that oh, somewhere. Okay, okay. Well, but it's interesting. So we, it might have been called that before now. Is gotcha. What I, I mean. thought you were calling the 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 giant thing no. Sky Dancer. Um, I, I don't know if that was like what Straczynski called it. Um, but yeah, but I didn't think it was a ship. I thought it was 
a creature. I, I keep referring to it as a creature. It certainly looked like it had or some kind of organicness to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it looked like... I almost wish I had stopped it to take a closer look, but I most of the time... I. I think I remember the first time I saw that I was just in such awe that I didn't sit there to try to take it in. I, I was just, I was Sakai. I was just like, what was that? And then it was gone. Well, maybe, maybe my, I'm, I'm filling in some, some blanks with hindsight, but it looked like a giant flower to me. And then when Jakara explained yeah. it, he was next to a, a flower that looked kind of like a sunflower. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Cause I always thought it looked like a tree. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I th- I feel yeah, it felt to me like it had like like the thing in the middle and some petals around it and and then when he had that explanation he was next to a flower. I'll have to, I have to revisit that and and see exactly who who knows what I'll see now. <laughs> Babylon 5 uh, episode 6, Mind War, the Rorschach test. Yeah, really. <laughs> um what other details uh so we learned a little bit more about telepaths. We learned that, okay, Talia kind of explained it. It's like it's like being in a hotel room with a thin wall, and you can hear it, but you don't have to pay attention to it, but it's never gone. It's never out of out of she reach. She heard Garibaldi in the elevator. She heard him loud and clear. That's when he fell in love. <laughs> I, it's just interesting. So he, I wonder if he was purposely doing that, because he, like, he just immediately started like you could see him sort of looking her up and down and and it almost like directing the thoughts yeah, at her yeah yeah <laughs> it did seem a little aggressive even just for staring and he yeah it was very invasive yeah. and you know that's the odd thing so if you're a telepath other people can invade your space just by thinking hard at you that's some messed up stuff yeah i mean Again, the more we hear about, now we're at mind crime. Yeah, yeah. The more we hear about uh, telepaths, the, the the worse it is. It's like so. Does there's nothing? Yeah. So apparently, the only way to shut the voices off is to have sex with another telepath. So that you can be in a in a hall of mirrors. Yeah. Going deeper and deeper and, and deeper, reflecting each other back at each other until you finally can't hear the other voices. Like what? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean. Technically, there are pills, right? We know that from from earlier. Oh yeah, sure. That's yeah, true. you can. You true. can. I forgot about that. You can take the pills, but apparently, it caused uh, Ivanova's mom to go down the wrong path. You know, she she became somebody completely different as a result of the yeah. pills. Yeah. But so, yeah, the only peace you can get is in sex with a telepath. With Not a telepath, just with anybody. as a telepath. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know if it does anything for us to be with a telepath. Probably not. And for them, it's probably not that great either. You know, they're probably the most oppressed group at this point, uh, at least on Earth, because we've, we've, we've not really seen a lot of Earth, but um, it seems like... But they're also the shadow government and running everything behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they're puppet masters yeah. for the most part. But it doesn't seem like everybody, because like... Obviously, Talia is not on the Psycop side. She's a P5. You don't tell P5s what's up. Sure, sure. But <laughs> she's also not willingly cooperating. She knows where, she knows how to get the Iron Heart. She doesn't, you know, she's got yeah. this previous history with him. So clearly, she doesn't believe in the core mission either. Wow. Well, I don't, I mean, so like, Maybe it doesn't say that. Yeah. It says there are limits that she will go to, basically. Yeah, because I mean, si- like, I'm not gonna hurt somebody I care about. Yeah, because the psychops are like internal affairs, right? They're they're there to 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 address very specific issues within, you know, the telepath community, the telepath people. But yeah, but Talia is just like an employee, right? She's like a like a soldier in a way. Sure. She's, just, she's she's been assigned to Babylon Five, and she has to sit in on stupid negotiations for big companies and miners and things like that. It's her job. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, she's a little cog, I guess. Yeah. Um, but she did not work to turn in Ironheart at any point. Yeah. yeah. 
In fact, she worked against it. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, and it's amazing what these little people who have no telekinetic abilities were able to do to keep the <laughs> the, the psychops yeah. out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in this case, in this particular case, like, I don't know that the psychor agenda is clearly known. There seems to be, again, a very secret agenda happening behind the scenes that we know thanks to Ironheart, but the. The, but Talia's decisions, I think, were based mostly on her relationship with him than anything yeah. else. Yeah. It, it, yeah. She said so he was the love of her life. Maybe if it had been life. somebody completely different. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. So, I, but it just speaks to her, her willingness to do exactly what, the you know, the core is the, core is the, the control mechanism for all telepaths and yet she's willing to go against it for the love of her life which makes perfect sense i mean that's what we it's what we typically do we go against others for for the people we care about yeah. oh. plus i mean again this is one of those really sad things about the telepaths it's like once you're you're found out and you're tested and you're registered like that's who you are that's what you do you're automatically enlisted into the psychor and you have to have a psychor job you can't yeah, you're set for life. I wonder what happens as you when you start to get to the age of um, mental decline, retiring, or or retirement, yeah. or retirement too. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm, those are both really interesting. Do old telepaths are they supposed to be, like you know? Can you go through dementia, or is there do they have their own DSM? Well, yeah, yeah. So, so two things, right? Like one is like, what if your powers start to degrade over time, right? Like your brain just gets weaker, your abilities get weaker. That's one. Well, that would be easy for Psychor because they'd be like, "Okay, you're no longer a P5 level, so we don't we don't we don't care about you anymore. You can't really invade anybody's space exactly, anymore." Exactly, exactly. You could just keep getting demoted until you're like, "Push, doesn't matter. Like your brain is worthless to us. You've been, you know, you've been kicked out of Psychor." But then, but but you asked about retirement. That's really interesting. Like you hit 65, but you're still pretty sharp. They can't just have you out there, right? They, right. It's like, do they lock you up? Is there a special, like... Like a colony for yes, old telepaths? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> that's That's gross and scary. <laughs> oh. So here, this this plays into this, because have you ever watched a show called The, the Prisoner? The Prisoner? No, I don't think so. Please say you have. I don't think so. Okay. This is a very old show from the 60s starring Patrick McGoohan. Why would you think... I, oh, because of the monkeys thing? I get it. No, continue. No, 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 no. no. It, it doesn't... None of this plays together, okay? But hear me out. So, originally, the person playing Bester was supposed to be Patrick McGowan. Oh, okay. Bester gives a salute at the end of the show, and he says, be seeing you, which is a nod to the prisoner. Oh. Now, I don't want to tell you too much about the prisoner, but one of the main pieces of the prisoner is that Patrick McGowan, who is a secret agent, is trying to resign from the force. Huh. And what happens after that is he goes through this incredibly conspiratorial 20 episodes or so of just absolute mind-fuck craziness. Huh. And so I, I wasn't making this connection when I brought up the idea of retiring... But now I'm starting to see that there may be something there to think about, this idea that that, that Patrick McGowan represents in some way this what it's like to try to get away from. Because in the, in the show The Prisoner, you can never seem to get away from the people that control you. Hmm. Hmm. This is not The Fugitive, right? The, the Fugitive is a different no, show. No, no, no. No, but I would encourage you to to find this. I believe it's it's either on Hulu or on Amazon, but huh. you can find it. It's there. It's it's worth watching, even though it's dated. Hmm. I mean, there's some really crazy things that happen in that that just make no sense whatsoever. Huh. Logically, they're trying to do things to soup things up to make it look super secret agent kind of thing. But the story itself yeah. is just fantastic. You can't you can't leave. You can't get out. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Maybe maybe I'll check so that there, out. So Bester is the representation of that come into the Babylon 5 world, and that is this idea that you, you can never leave. Um, sort of, I guess. I mean, I, I get the nod, but I mean, I, I think our conversation has taken it there. I don't think there's really 
too much okay, of a maybe, talk maybe, about maybe. that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's me that's the connecting yeah. point, and I, I'll accept yeah. that. But I, knowing that that exists in the show, because I know that he's purposely nodding towards the prisoner, yeah. I just read a whole lot of more depth into it than I had read yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, if you revisit the episode, th- those ideas really aren't there. You know, even even the Ironheart uh, wanting to to. Well, he's trying to get out of the core. He's trying to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't characterize what he's doing as that. <laughs> I would say he's no. Well, he's yeah. he's trying to keep his life. Well, I mean, he's trying to stay alive yeah. while he's quote unquote becoming. Yeah. I think he's just trying to become and then not let that. You know, like he doesn't want them to to have his his like what he knows, what he is. That's why he killed the other person. Hmm. Man, but now, ah, Psychor. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you have the I, I love Ivanova in, in this whole thing you know <laughs> what do you do juggle babies over a fire <laughs> oops there goes another calculated risk <laughs> oh oh man everybody's so great on this show uh, do, you, do you have the quote of, uh, of what Jakar said about how how they aren't what they seem let me see if I have that, because that is uh, definitely worth. I kind of mentioned it before, but I'd I'd like to hear it verbatim. Okay, so here is is the the short speech from Jakar. There are things in the universe billions of years older than either of our races. They are vast, timeless, and if they are aware of us at all, it is as little more than ants. We have as much of a chance of communicating with them as an ant has with us. We know. We've tried. And we've learned that we can either stay out from underfoot or be stepped on. They are a mystery, and I am both terrified and reassured to know that there are still wonders in the universe, that we have not yet explained everything. Whatever they are, they walk near Cigna 957, and they must walk there alone. (laughs) I love that, but that's not the quote I was asking for. Oh, shit. Which which one was it? The one it? where he says that things aren't as they seem. That I'm not as I seem. Okay. Delenn isn't what she seems. The commander isn't what he seems. The Malari is not what he seems. Beautiful delivery, by the way. But wrong, wrong, wrong quote. I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks. So it's it's before that well, it's in the episode. Mind war. Okay, the the one I was looking for is uh Jakar says, "Let me pass on let me pass on to you the one thing I've learned about this place. No one here is exactly what he appears. Not Malari, not Delenn, not Sinclair, and not me. And not me." Yeah. Woo, goosebumps. <laughs> 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 and it's it's so good cuz it's the first time that we have confirmation that they know this about each other, right? Because we know that everybody isn't exactly what they seem, but now we know yeah. that they know <laughs> that none of them are what they seem. And Yeah, it's not just our perception anymore. It's the, it's clear that they, at least in Jakar's case, he's aware yeah, of it. Yeah, which adds another dimension to, ch- to the chess game, right? She's like, oh, okay, okay, so... so they know that something's up. They're they're all playing a game. We don't know what it is exactly. There's still a lot of mystery. But oh man, I love that. Love that so much. Yeah. Yeah, and he he goes on to say that uh my my telling you this is sincere. I really I you may think this of me, but I sincerely don't want anything bad to happen to you and she takes nothing for granted there. What an episode, man. This is a really good episode. Yeah. And and you're just on the tip of Oof. it. Oof. Man. <laughs> yeah, so if so you you didn't remember what this episode was even about. So in the grand scheme of things No, I didn't. Again. But once I saw what it was, I mean, so the, some of the titles can be I mean, obviously Mind War made sense to me, but I didn't really recognize what the episode was going to be so um it is a 
a moment that's important for the rest of the show, but it just didn't call attention to itself as I was. Yeah. yeah. But it just, you know, like I'm excited because to me, this episode was a huge deal and it was a lot of fun and it was yeah. great. And it like, it wasn't even that big. Apparently it's not that memorable to you compared to some of the stuff that's coming up. So I'm excited. I, the, the <laughs> hardest part about doing this, and I'm sure I've said this before already, is that when the episode ends and it's like next episode in five, four, three, I'm like, ah, oh, I can't, I got to stop it. I'm not going to watch it yet. <laughs> I know. I want to keep going. It's hard for me too. Cause I want to keep oh, going. <laughs> Ooh. Well, but it has it has some power as a result of this because we're not binge watching we're watching it like almost like it's a regular series coming on and it's you know here's the next episode in the in the in the study well so. and even better we're like you know unrolling for change our other podcast we constantly talk about taking time to reflect on experiences and like we're we're doing that now which makes which makes the show better for me because after every single episode before I go on to the next thing we absolutely like we take all this time to reflect and dissect and yeah yeah man it's so fun <laughs> i love this <laughs> there's one more thing i wanted to mention to you that i think is is worth mentioning just for you know straczynski's a geek he likes to put his influences on his sleeve so to speak and so the name bester is based on alfred bester which is a science fiction writer mm. I hmm. uh, wrote a book, I think the book was called In the Sky Full of Stars, but I'm not absolutely certain if that's the title, but um, he wrote several, uh, he, he's a, you know, he's a hard science fiction writer, kind of in the Isaac Asimov, yeah. uh, Ray Bradbury group of people. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I just wanted, yeah. I thought it was yeah. worthwhile to, to point out where the, where the links are in, in the world. Oh, well, I have a random thing too, not from this episode, but from the last one I forgot to mention, which is that Catherine says to Sinclair at one point, um, like, I'd give you my birth number, but I think you already know how to find me on the station. I was like, what's a birth number? Like, B-E-R-T-H. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know, I know it's a B-R-T-H, but, but what is that? Like, they didn't, no one has. Well, you know, if you're on a ship, right, that the room is a birth, No, right? no, 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 am I, no, am no. Not right? I don't know. Is this? What is this? Is that is that what it is? Is that was that referring? I thought so. Yeah. Is that her room number? I think so. Oh, yeah. I thought that was like some sort of a ship's allotted place at a wharf or dock, hmm. a fixed bed or bunk on a ship, train, or other means of transport. Oh, then you can cut this out because I thought it was a reference to some sort of. <laughs> you thought it was B I R T H? No, 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 no. I knew it was B E R T H because I I I had the okay. uh, the subtitles on, but. What I thought it was was like, oh, like Straczynski had cell phones on Babylon Five. Like that's that was actually pretty forward thinking, you know. Like they had a phone number. <laughs> you know, like how communicators in Star Trek are always like, you know, hey, you know, find find the captain. Yes, captain. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you can connect it real yeah. real easy. What if three people have the same name on the station? How do you identify them? They never they never addressed that in Star Trek. So I was like, oh, people have phone numbers or you know, something. Well, yeah, cut that out. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm sorry to dash you. No, well, well, it's one mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, wah, wah. All right, wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Well, so our our next one. Uh, what is our next episode? Our next episode will be the War Prayer, mm. uh, which is coming up very quickly. I, I'm looking forward to that one too. It, it just keeps getting better and better. There's so many good things coming up. I'm just so excited. Let's watch. Let's let's just keep watching. Absolutely. So if if you guys uh, have, uh, uh, let's try that again. If you are a listener, would like to talk to us about your experience of the mind mind war mind war. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible. If you, our listener, would like to talk about Mind War, you can do it on the Geek Therapy Forums. Uh, we'll be happy to talk to you there. We'll also be happy to talk to you in the Geek Therapy Discord group, which is a great place to come and talk about things. You can grab a drink and hang out with us, and we will all talk about Babylon 5. But no spoilers for Josue. Please, no spoilers. <laughs> Use spoiler tags on the Discord. Absolutely. Well, 
this show is like 30 years old. <laughs> you didn't want to give spoilers for The Prisoner. Oh, no, I don't. I old. don't. <laughs> that, that's a good point. It's not 60, but I guess it's close, actually. Wasn't it in the 60s? No, because that's, that's, that's a similar story that... Um, you said it was in the 1960s, the show. Yeah. It's, it's 2019. All right, fine. <laughs> it's the late 60s. Does that help? Fine, yeah. <laughs> it's still 50-something years. You're right. It is. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Your outros are getting better every week. <laughs> I, I, I want something that, that will, like, stick in my like stick in people's minds but i haven't found it yet we'll come up with something yeah we'll we'll keep working on it but i mean i know i'll do some kind of outro at the end so it's like whatever we end at we'll i'll cut it off at the right spot and then put the end on okay okay oh that's fine then that's i mean that's the same thing i do for rfc i don't quite know how to turn it off (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you can you can stop. <laughs> I know how to talk to people. I know how to get myself into a deep conversation. <laughs> I do not know how to get out, which is why those people in the world who also don't know how to get out get stuck mm-hmm. in that in that whirlpool of verbal discourse yep. with me. You're one of those yes. people. <laughs> but you're one of those people that I like to have in that situation where there are people in the world that I can you please shut up? Can can we please get out of this? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just too reflective. I can't turn it off. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. <laughs>